Hello, welcome to Expect More of Law, the podcast. I'm Professor Tanya Lehman, Dean of Law at Flinders University, and I'm delighted to be hosting this podcast, celebrating 30 years of law at Flinders University. In this podcast series, I'll be presenting inspirational interviews with current students and graduates who share their experiences about where their law studies have taken them across the spectrum of legal professions and industries. We'll take a deep dive into the current challenges faced by legal practitioners and present industry insights into the future of law. I hope these fearless voices inform and inspire you just as they have me. Hello, everybody. I'm really delighted this evening, my time, but this morning in another part of the world to speak to Flinders Law graduate, Emily Crawford. And we're speaking a long way away because Emily, where are you today? I'm in Copenhagen, uh, the capital of Denmark. Can you tell us about uh, what you're doing there, please? So I'm senior advisor for human rights and social impact, working at uh, the global company, Maersk, AP Muller Maersk, which is one of the world's leading, or the world's leading shipping and logistics company. So that's a long way from studying law at Flinders. So let's just take you right back on that journey. What led you to study law initially? Oh, it went a long way back. I became interested in law when I was very young. Uh, I was always interested in uh, what was fair when I was a kid. And my mum took me to the district court when I was around 10 years old. And there I, I watched a criminal trial and I became fascinated with this criminal trial, particularly the, the witness examination and how intricate the uh, examination was. So um, from then on, I thought I'm, I want to be a lawyer. I then went on to study law at Flinders University and with a strong interest in uh, human rights and justice issues. And from there on, my career sort of uh, moved on a different track, but yeah, really interested in law from a young age. So just give us a quick nutshell of, of what you did when you left university and what's taken you, all the steps that have taken you really to where you are now. So when I left Flinders uh, University, that was in 2011, and I went on to study a Master of Laws at Copenhagen University with a focus on international law and human rights law in particular. Um, along the side, I worked part-time in a corporate law firm, Denmark's leading corporate law firm. And then I, it wasn't until I studied uh, CSR, Corporate Social Responsibility, and I did an internship at the Danish Institute for Human Rights that I realised I could combine my two interests of corporate law and human rights into working within a company on supporting them on how they can respect human rights. So after working at a law firm and finishing my Master of Laws, I moved on to work at one of the world's uh, leading renewable energy companies. They make wind turbines, Vestas. I worked there for nearly six years, working with compliance and human rights. And uh, since last year, actually, May 2021, I've been now uh, working at Maersk in a similar role, but at a much larger scale. Wow. So you've touched on there this really growing area of corporate social responsibility. It's really becoming such uh, an important aspect of all sorts of commercial transactions and understanding about risk compliance and governance, isn't it? So tell us a little bit more about your current role 
What sort of things are you focusing on? Who are you working with? Uh, what sort of work are you doing? That's right, Tanya. This is a really interesting and growing area, particularly within companies. So I'm working in the corporate sustainability and ESG department, environmental social governance. And basically what our department does is support the business on um, setting the company's ESG strategy, which is part of the company's actual corporate strategy now. And what I do is I'm particularly focused on social impact and human rights. So my role is quite broad. I advise the business on how to incorporate human rights or responsible business practices into policies, procedures, into our due diligence efforts. I also support on the strategy, where are we heading? and how can we meet increasing expectations from regulatory officials, but also from investors and customers. Because ESG, environmental social governance, particularly the S part, not just the E part, is an increasing requirement in order to have your license to operate as a company, particularly in the, in Europe, but also growing in the US. So I work with mainly in the company, we're over 100,000 employees, and I work with key stakeholders on internally, for example, our HR department. How do we integrate a human rights lens into our recruitment processes, into our diversity inclusion processes, policies, etc.? How do I work with, how does our compliance work with the human rights lens, our environmental specialists? So many stakeholders that I work with internally and really across uh, the globe. We have offices in a ho over 130 countries. So really interesting topics I get to work with and some in really fun, interesting colleagues as well. Thinking of studying more? Expect more. More focus on your future. More support. More skills and more professional placements. Expect more of law. Apply to Flinders today. So you really need to bring uh, an international mindset, it sounds to me, to the work that you're doing. But what is it about your qualifications and your skill set as a legal professional that really enhances what you, you do? Uh, you've talked a lot about supporting the business and supporting aspects of the business uh, like human relations, etc. And potentially people watching this video may not think, ah, oh, yeah, well, I need to have a law degree uh, to do that, or I need to have skills and expertise as a legal professional. So perhaps if you can expand on how your study is at Flinders Law and your expertise in other legal contexts have really helped you flourish in this role. My law degree and that legal training has been invaluable for this sort of role that I'm in. And particularly the Flinders University's way of incorporating the practical, practical. experience into the legal degree has been really a value to my work in this area. And the skills that you get as a lawyer or that you train within your legal studies, they really help, uh, they're really honing in your analytical skills to be able to read a lot, in, and to be able to understand the essence of what you're reading and to analyze how does this apply in this situation. That's fundamental to working in this area. As a specialist, 
in an area which is increasingly becoming regulated um, with it, the social and environmental part, you need to be able to boil it down to what does this mean and what does this mean for my company and how do we meet these increasing expectations which are moving from soft law to hard law. So I'm actually on the lookout for more people to build our team that have a legal background because sustainability is quite a broad area. Many people come from very different educational backgrounds, but I'm finding that both with a legal background, strong analytical skills are really uh, suitable for this sort of work. That's very interesting that you are talking about this notion of moving from soft law to hard law. Do do you want to just unpack that a little bit more for us and explain what you mean there? Yeah, sorry. I'm getting a bit more in the lingo I can hear. So the companies, particularly multinational enterprises, have a responsibility to conduct business operations responsibly. And this is sort of governed in a framework which is voluntary at the moment, the OECD guidelines for responsible business for for MNEs, multinational enterprises, which is also supported by the UN framework, the UN Global Compact and the UN Guiding Principles on Business and Human Rights. So there's these these voluntary soft law initiatives which support and guide companies on how they should be doing business responsibly. And these have been in place for over 10 years, but we can see that there is not enough of a push to get companies to take their responsibility to respect human rights and the environment. So in the EU, particularly, and specific countries, there's an increasing uh, legislation requiring companies to do this on a mandatory basis. And Australia is also following suit. The Modern Slavery Act is one such example of soft law becoming hard law on companies. Where do you think the challenges are in this sector in the near term and the longer term? What what sort of things are on your horizon that are going to require every bit of your legal skill and talent to navigate? I think this exact issue of soft law becoming hard law, the EU's just released a new directive which is going to affect companies and how they operate and how they communicate about their operations on uh, sustainability significantly. So I think this is going to be a really interesting area and it's a shift that's not going to reverse. In in fact, more countries or regions are following suit. The US, Australia, Japan, the UK. So I think this is an area, ESG, sustainability, where We're going to need more of these sorts of skill sets to be able to support businesses, support also other actors, whether it's regulatory authorities or civil society organisations, to work with this fundamental sort of conundrum of how do companies operate in a way that does not deplete the world's resources, in a way that still respects human rights, workers' rights, etc., that we can have this natural coalescence together. So that's something I think will be interesting to keep an eye on uh, in the future. So you started this conversation with me talking to me about how your mother took you to the district court, I think you said at the age of 10, which is a very young age to be going to watch court proceedings. But when you started studying law here at Flinders, Did you ever dream that you might end up where you are now? (laughs) No, I I never dreamed that I would be 
not working exactly as a law as a lawyer, but also on the other side of the world. I don't think my mum would have ever expected that either when I said goodbye uh, to go study in Copenhagen. I think that's the beauty of having uh, an open mindset as well, that you can try many different things and see where your career pathway takes you, as long as you stay true to your interests and, and uh, to yourself. So I think that this has been a, quite a remarkable journey. Would never expected to to end up here, but also a really a really interesting and very rich experience um, to to be working with what I do work with and and in Copenhagen. So just really in conclusion, if you think back to the Emily who was starting her law study or going through her law study thinking. I don't know where this is going to take me. What bits of advice would you give to that young Emily about the things that are important during your studies and the things that are important for you in terms of aligning your inner compass with where the path might take you in the future? I think I would I would say, you know, go for it. Try different things. And also for those in doubt, it's really, I would really recommend going on an exchange actually. And I did that when I was uh, doing my double degree with international studies. It's a really great way of, of trying new things and testing also your inner compass, as you say. So I think trying new things and also being open to new things, but last but not least, work hard. <laughs> I think that that's also also important that you, that you can, uh, not everything, necessarily needs to be useful for something that's also a pleasure to be at university to learn and to use the the privilege of being able to ask professors and and um, uh, experienced people around you your teachers to learn um, because you don't necessarily know where your career will take you and it's a fantastic time of uh, of your life to be at university and to have to have that time to learn and to try new things. So that's something I would I would try and uh, tell my younger Emily, <laughs> my younger self, uh, if, I, if I had the opportunity to enjoy it, really to enjoy it. So I'm hearing be open to new things. I'm hearing work hard and I'm hearing enjoy it. Um, yeah. And I just want to say thank you so much for taking the time out of your busy day there in Copenhagen to spend this time with me uh, virtually, sharing your experiences uh, as a graduate from Fender's Law, who's gone on uh, to follow paths that you would never have expected to follow, but uh, have proved to be really exciting and rewarding. And it's been wonderful to hear your insights. Thank you so much, Emily, for joining us. Thank you, Tanya, for the opportunity. Thank you for listening to Expect More of Law, the podcast. If you've been inspired, influenced, informed or entertained, please subscribe to the podcast series. To find out about Flinders University's 30 years of law celebrations and our upcoming Law Gala dinner on 3rd December, visit flinders.edu.au slash 30 years of law.